Hello, babies. Welcome back. Summer has well and truly started, and it is hotter than Satan's panties in Brooklyn. Finally. I love the summer. I love hot weather, but I especially love it in places where there is natural shade, where there are trees, where I can go outside and sit up against a tree with natural shade. And that doesn't really happen very often in Brooklyn. So while this time of year is great for stuff to do, there's always something popping in Brooklyn during the summer. I end up melting every single time that I go outside. And speaking of outside, in New York State, I think everything has fully opened up now and I am still not sure how I feel about it at all. I've been outside for a backyard dinner and drinks and strangely enough, or perhaps not so, the food has been pretty bad. I think, you know, with people struggling to get workers back into place, a lot of things are suffering. Prices are exorbitant as businesses try to make up for lost income, which again, I totally understand. I'm not necessarily mad at it, but I'm experiencing some real sticker shock. Every time I go outside, I feel awful in and about my body still. Men on the dating apps, at least the ones interested in women, are somehow even worse than before, which, I mean, that really takes a lot (laughs) to get even worse. But we are still mid-pandemic, okay? I am very nervous. I am very anxious about everything. But I do miss easy drunken hangs with my friends, like spontaneous bar hopping and, you know, maybe even the occasional planned karaoke session, which brings us to today's episode. Now, I can count on one hand the number of times I've done karaoke. I can't carry a tune in a bucket with a lid on it, but I love singing when I'm at home in private where no one but my neighbors can hear how off key I am. And that is not the case for my guest today, Ed Kennard, a certified karaoke enthusiast. He loves singing in front of scrolling lyrics, strong drinks and smiling customers. And I'm going to find out why. I am not an extroverted person who needs direct audience response all the time. That's why I write and podcast, because I can send this stuff out into the world and never know what people think about it unless they tell me or unless my money is tied to it some kind of way. But performing in front of an audience is what keeps Ed going. You know, I've always had fun each time I've done karaoke, but I can't see it being anything more than a special occasion kind of event. For Ed, though, karaoke is more than a hobby. It's a weekly ritual. What keeps him going back? And no, I will not be singing. This episode is sponsored by Dipsy. Everyone needs an escape, but those can be hard to come by right now. So let yourself get lost in a world where good things happen and where your pleasure is the only priority. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy audio story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. And if you need to wind down, Dipsy also has wellness sessions, sensual bedtime stories, and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash thisisgood. 
That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash thisisgood. dipseastories.com slash thisisgood. This episode is also sponsored by Stitch Fix. Shopping for clothes can be daunting. You never know if things will fit. Returns can be difficult. And sometimes you might not even know what store to start with. This season, let Stitch Fix do all the hard work. Stitch Fix offers clothing hand-selected by expert stylists for your unique size, style, and budget. You try on pieces at home before you buy, keep what you love, and return what you don't. Stitch Fix has free shipping, easy returns and exchanges, and a prepaid return envelope is included. Plus, the $20 styling fee for each box gets automatically credited toward pieces you keep. And there are no hidden fees ever. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash thisisgood and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash thisisgood for 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. stitchfix.com slash thisisgood. My name's Ed Kennard. I am a devoted karaoke enthusiast. I've been doing it fairly nonstop for 15 years, and uh, recently, with my best friend, just started a karaoke-themed podcast. Oh, what's the name of your podcast? It's The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly, which, um, in my case, is accurate. In his case, a little bit less so. He's a, I will give him the credit of saying he's a better singer than I am. I'm just a very devoted fan. Are you sure that you can't or that you sing poorly? Because I feel like for someone who's been doing this 15 years, I don't think you would be doing it for so long if you weren't pretty good at it. You would think that. Um, I've had a chance to actually hear myself as a disembodied voice now. And uh, I now know what I sound like to other people. So if you would have asked me that question a few weeks ago, I would have said, no, I'm I'm a pretty good singer. Uh, Now I know what everyone else has heard. But my point is, I mean, everyone can sing. There's not a person out there who cannot sing. It's just a matter of whether other people find the sounds that you make pleasing. I feel like sometimes I get it right, sometimes I don't, but the fun is the journey. Okay, I cannot sing. Um, <laughs> so I <laughs> Nicole, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you sing in the car or do you sing in the shower? Of course I do. <laughs> so you can sing. I mean, you are capable of doing right. it. Right. I can make some sounds, but they're not good sounds. They're not sounds anybody other than the the shower walls want to hear. And I don't even know if the shower wants to hear it, to be honest. But, yeah, so I don't know if I agree with you on that. But, like, just hearing your voice now, you have a voice for radio, which is usually a, not a good compliment because people are trying to say that you're... <laughs> it, it goes along with the fact that I have a... I have a face for radio. So, I mean, they go together. <laughs> no, but you sound good just speaking. So I, I'm still having a hard time believing that you sing poorly. But talk to me about when you first started with karaoke. How did you get started? What attracted you to it? Well, I mean, the very first time I did it, it wasn't even a thing for me. I, I grew up working at a resort in the Poconos. So the first time I did karaoke, I was I was a teenager sneaking into the resort bar just as a, a thing to do. Um, but during grad school, I got invited to karaoke by this guy I knew from work, and uh, 15 years later, he's my best friend. <laughs> Both of us are kind of showy hams. You know what I mean? Like we're we like being on stage, and we like having that you know that attention. We're both uh, 
were both attention hogs. And so that certainly helped get us into it rather quickly. And it, it became just a thing that he and I did. And uh, it became a thing that he and I did more and more. And eventually it's, I can't remember a time without karaoke now. And how often do you go? Is this a weekly thing in the before times, at least? <laughs> in the before times, at the very least weekly. Up until the pandemic, I could say that I had went at least once a week, every week for over a decade. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of karaoke. Yeah. In the breaks from grad school in the summer, um, there were times where we went seven nights in a row to seven different bars. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> okay, so for me, I've done karaoke literally a handful of times because, again, I am like, I can't sing, so I am not going to subject myself to this humiliation. But it has been fun each time that I've done it, but that's because there's been a lot of alcohol involved. So I'm wondering if you drink. I certainly drink. And are you drinking every time that you go? Like, especially on that run where you were going seven days, that, that seven-day streak. For me, I would need a lot of alcohol to get to a point where I'm ready to sing in front of people. I tend to sing sober, actually. I mean, I am drinking while I'm while I'm there, but I'm not drinking. If you drink too much, I think you can uh, ruin the fun for yourself and for others. Mm -hmm. If you get to that point, and uh, there have been nights where I got to that point, but those are few and far between. I like to keep the majority of my faculties intact if I have a microphone in my hand, because uh, if you thought I was uh, kidding before when I said not singing really well, um, being drunk makes it a lot worse. <laughs> mm, okay. In your 15-year experience of doing karaoke, what is the best type of karaoke bar? Is it just like, oh, here's a karaoke night at a regular bar? Or is it actually a, a space that is dedicated to karaoke, the little rooms that are sectioned off? For my purposes... I'm not really worried about the type of place. I'm worried about a vibe a place has. Mm -hmm. It's hard to describe, but like there's a mix of things that go into things. It's, uh, you know, whether the sound quality is good, whether the people there are cool. You know, is this a place that I would want to be otherwise? I don't like the private room settings as much just because I really want to be out and social with strangers. It's kind of something that uh, fills a hole in my soul that I kind of lost for, uh, you know, most of 2020. So now that things are slowly opening up and getting back to it, like I feel more like myself than I have in over a year, which is really nice. OK, you mentioned that you're an attention hog and you like being in front of people and that the social aspect being in front of strangers really does it for you. Why? I think it's something just maybe generally faulty with my wiring. I, <laughs> somebody once described me and I, I will take this with me forever. But, you know, like Spider-Man the proportionate strength and speed of a spider because he got bit by a radioactive spider. Mm -hmm. A friend said this in the most positive and loving way, but um, I have the confidence of a mediocre white man that was bit by a radioactive mediocre white man. <laughs> so if you put me in a big bar setting, like I'm just like, I'm in my happy place. If there's music involved, I'm even happier. If I get to make some of that music, I'm, I'm as happy as I can be. I noticed you have a musical note tattoo. So are you a theater kid? Did, were you in musicals? Like, what is it about music that makes you want to put it on your body? A little bit of background. Uh, my grandmother was actually in the music industry in her early career. I tried to do some stuff with that. Um, I went to high school with a bunch of really talented people. And when I say really talented people, at least two of them have been on Broadway and made that their career. It's always been a part of my life one way or another. And I think it's a part of most people's lives. You never really hear anyone say, you know, I don't, I don't really care for music. 
but between that, between doing a little DJing in college, doing um, long road trips with music, it's just kind of always been a thing for me. And I think the easiest way that somebody can be involved with music is singing. You don't have to uh, pick up an instrument. You don't have to uh, really learn anything to do it. It's actually something we've kind of lost culturally in the last hundred years. If you think about it, every culture has some kind of musical element to it. It's one of the things that binds us together as people. And, you know, before recorded music and before radio, popular music was the sheet music you bought or the songs that you wrote and you sang with your friends and your family and your community. Mm-hmm. And um, in some way, I think maybe that's what I connect with with karaoke is it does bring a sense of community together. I am, I'm certainly friends with people who I probably otherwise wouldn't know because of it. One of my best friends is this 75-year-old guy who, you know, goes to Kendrick Lamar concerts now, and he's the coolest guy, and I don't think I would have met him if we had not sang karaoke together in a bar. So tell me about the people that you are meeting. Who are the characters that are at karaoke on a weekly basis? Oh, wow. I mean, there's certain archetypes you can find everywhere. There's the person who's really good and knows it, and uh, they're the ones that you'll see doing a doing really hard songs. They're going to, they're going to kill an Adele song. They're going to bang out some Whitney Houston. They're going to do some journey, I guess, maybe. I mean, that's technically difficult, but everybody sings journey at karaoke. It's one of those. (laughs) Journey is awesome. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) There are people who think they can sing really well and certainly can't. They're actually sometimes some of my favorites because that's just, that's just great to watch them be really into it and just not getting anything done right at all. There's a guy who's too drunk, and he he did that either to get the courage to get up there or to uh, just be that drunk and be that obnoxious and ruin things for everyone else. Um, that's certainly a person that you'll see. The thing I love, though, is there's a time where you see somebody doing it, and it suddenly just clicks for them. Like, something opens up in them because they are singing in front of people. People are clapping, and all of a sudden, you, you can see that aura of warmth and belonging in someone when they're up on a mic, and that moment just hits for them. And that's... It's a really wholesome and great thing to watch. And have you ever gone to karaoke night where there was no one in the audience? It was just you and the bartender and the waitstaff? There was one night that it was me, the the host, the karaoke host, the bartender, and the owner of the bar. And it was just us for a good solid two hours. And you still got up there and performed? We still did it. Yeah, I mean, that, that bar, um, the reason they have karaoke is because the owner really loves it. And so it was just me and him and the guy who was hosting it just going back and forth and singing songs until other people came in. And uh, that's not as much fun as when there's a lot of people in there, but that was definitely a night that was an experience. And so what were you doing to fill that hole this past year? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I tried a lot of stuff. I was an essential worker throughout the pandemic. I mean, so there was singing in the car. I I mean, I catch myself singing in grocery stores if I like the song that's on in-store radio, and I kind of forget not to make that noise Mm -hmm. with my mouth. And then people look at me, I'm like, oh, you're you're singing again. I bought a karaoke (laughs) machine for home use. It works well, but it's it's still not the same feeling. I ended up, when I would take my bubble baths, I would sing along to stuff and put it on my Snapchat story. So I was singing in the bathtub and sharing that with people. Because for me, the, the, the big thing is having somebody else listen to what you're doing is kind of a a big part of the karaoke experience for me. So shared it with my karaoke people and my bath bros. My friend Wes and I will both take bubble baths and play on Snapchat. Like, look, I'm drinking whiskey. I'm in the bubble bath. He's like, me too. (laughs) I love that. I love that this is a thing that is so much for you, but you also need other people to be a part of it. It's really interesting because a lot of 
our hobbies tend to be kind of solo, kind of solitary. And then maybe we might share them like when they're a finished product with someone else. Um, But for you, you are sharing like the process, that whole moment with other people. And then the longer it's gone on, I mean, I've had to do things to uh, amp it up for myself. It's not necessarily something I recommend for everybody else, but like at the first time you get it, like you either feel stage fright or you feel stage exhilaration. And, you know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you might lose some of that exhilaration. So I started going to like live band karaoke's, which is a lot of fun. It's the closest you can feel to being a rock star without actually being a musician. Started just picking random songs. It got to the point where the only way I could chase that high was be like, hey, just put me in for any song. He's like, do you know it? I'm like, no, but I'll I'll figure it out. So the first time that I ever heard Work Bitch by Britney Spears is when I sang it. That was fun. That was a good night. It's actually on my go-to karaoke list now. (laughs) Are there games that you play at karaoke? Like, are they like, you know, everybody puts their name in a hat that wants to sing, and then you you just pick random partners together to see how it goes? We have absolutely done that. I love doing it that way. I love it when everybody writes a song down, throws it in a hat, and you could pick out anything. The rule I always make is if you want to play this game with us, you cannot back out no matter what you get. Because otherwise, it's not fun. Mm. Again, the guy that I do the podcast with, Adam Wainwright, that's pretty much our favorite way to do karaoke. We we took one of those uh, roulette wheel apps, and uh, we basically did one for a genre of song, and then one for a vocal type. So, like for a voice that's you know from somebody assigned male at birth, assigned female at birth, you know something like that. So, like you might get like female disco and then like of course if I, if I get that i'm singing donna summer because i mean why wouldn't you sing donna summer right <laughs> uh, <laughs> or it will come up with like musicals male and then okay fiddler on the roof we got this you know we do that to help us because th- it gets really boring singing the same stuff all the time uh i always want to sing at least one new song a week if i can if i can get away with it i want to do something i've never done before so that's a game that, that we've played i'll just let people pick i'm like hey just pick a song i'll do, I'll, I'll do it it might not be good but i'll do it if I'm near a birthday party, I'm like, oh, it's your birthday. I'm not going to buy you a drink because that's weird and creepy. But I'll sing any song you want at karaoke, which has probably gotten me to sing um, Like a Virgin by Madonna more times than I care to remember. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I am a huge Prince fan. So what would be the Prince song that you would do for karaoke? There are two Prince songs that I do for karaoke. Um, I'll do Pussy Control and I'll do Sexy Motherfucker. Those are the only two I will do. Solid. Solid choices. What Prince song would you do? It's from the uh, Sign of the Times album, and it would probably be Hot Thing or um, Slow Love because I'm not going to try to do any, like, super high. I'm not going to try to do Adore. I'm not going to try, you know, I'm not going to do anything like that. But I'm going to try to do something that is a little... It's that sing-songy, talky kind of thing. So I would probably feel more comfortable doing that. So tell me your top five go-to karaoke songs. Oh, wow. I had a feeling you were going to ask me something like that, and I really wish I would have prepared for it better. Um, Some of these may be shocking. Maybe not. I don't know. But my absolute number one thing, um, it's a question we actually ask people on our podcast, is if uh, if you got to go somewhere, what's the song you're going to do to make your mark and, you know, surprise people? I do a really good Angel by Shaggy and Rayvon. (laughs) And the reason that that one became a thing for me is because, again, if you don't think you're a good singer, if you can find something that you can do to impersonate 
it gives you a little bit more of a comfort level and doing a shaggy voice is not too difficult once you figure out how to do it. Mm. So that's my number one. Okay. Number two is a Michael Bublé cover of I'm Your Man by Leonard Cohen. That's when I'm feeling <laughs> saucy. <laughs> it's a pretty filthy song. <laughs> so I like doing that. Same thing, Nora Jones, Turn Me On. I like doing that one. Sweet Transvestite is probably my go-to around Halloween from uh, Rocky Horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, to round it out, Let Me Clear My Throat by DJ Cool. Okay, okay. That's a wide range there. So, okay, let me ask you, because sometimes I've, you know, these few times that I've done karaoke, someone wants to put on a ballad. They want to sing a ballad because they're one of those people who are like, I know I can sing. This is the best song to show my skills. But it also just kind of brings down the mood, right? Because it feels like people go to karaoke because they want a party without you know, the press of bodies or whatever. They still want the the experience of like sharing music, but without like the expectations of being in a club or whatever. But when they get, you know, when people are getting up there and they performing these kinds of power ballads to show off their skills, kind of shifts the mood a little bit. So how do you know the best way to pick a song that showcases you without ruining the vibe? I mean, you got to read the room. There are songs that I will do in certain bars because they're like, I mean, for lack of a better term, old man bars. <laughs> so, I mean, if the entire crowd is in their 20s, I'm probably not going to Johnny Cash. But when everyone in there is 60, I'm also probably not doing Rihanna. <laughs> I think entertaining the crowd is a part of it. I mean, for me, it's a part of it. I want, I want people to not hate whatever I'm doing. At the same time, though, it's your three to five minutes on the stage. You can kind of do whatever you want. And I won't begrudge somebody for uh, singing Mr. Big. Or some other kind of hair metal ballad or anything like that. It's your time. You do what you want with it. I mean, especially if it's a party atmosphere. Yeah, you don't wanna you don't wanna bring everybody down. But I mean, we've all seen the person at karaoke who clearly just went through a bad breakup and they have to sing <laughs> You Ought to Know. And like, you know what? Like, absolutely, go for it. If if that's the song that's in your heart, you know, let that out. That's very nice of you. <laughs> Because I'm like, no, I don't need to hear Whitney Houston three times in a row. My only real karaoke sin, I guess, is um, people who think, well, I can't sing, so I'm going to rap because it's just talking. And you just want to like smack them upside their head and go, no, it's not just talking. You're going to you're going to fuck this up really bad, man. You're going to look bad. It's going to be embarrassing. In a lot of those cases, that's just the worst thing you see in the night. Some guy who's stumbling through words that he thought he knew and he didn't. And he has no rhythm and he has no anything worthwhile and that's the thing that i think is the most painful thing to watch at karaoke (laughs) (laughs) what would you say is the difference between singing karaoke and rapping karaoke and why people should not underestimate rapping well for one singing is more forgiving You've, you've been to karaoke. Mm-hmm. You know that nobody who is singing karaoke sounds like the artist that is uh, is singing the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, for better or for worse. Sometimes sometimes it sounds great when somebody's singing and it sounds nothing like it. Sometimes it sounds awful. But melody is forgiving. If the note is off, but it's close enough, you get what's coming across. The mistake is, I think, people thinking, again, that rap is just speaking, which it's not. And that they can just read it off, you know, in whatever level of inebriation they're at at that point. It's never a good combination. If you don't really love that music, if you didn't really grow with it, you know, um, I'm 
clearly a person of a certain age. So if I'm going to do any hip hop at karaoke, it's going to be eighties and early nineties. But <laughs> if you don't feel that, if you can't do that on your own in your car without a screen telling you what to do, you probably just shouldn't get up and do it in front of people. Cause you're just going to embarrass yourself. <laughs> and is this your only creative outlet? Define creative outlet. I mean, I think my Excel spreadsheets for work are pretty fantastic. um, No, um, I do write not as much as I used to and not as much as I'd like, but living in a college town, there are, you know, lit nights and poetry readings and stuff. And I'll, I'll go do that stuff and I'll, I'll perform in that sense too. So you've got karaoke and then you've got the occasional lit nights where you are reading something in front of people. I guess I, as a person that's just like, no, don't put me in front of a crowd. I guess I'm still having a hard time understanding what is it about the audience feedback that you crave? It's, that's my mood stabilizer. Uh, if if I feel good energy coming from outside, it's easier for me to foster good energy inside. Mm. If you lock me up and make it quiet and make it lonely, that's when I kind of shrivel and wither. Mm. So the audience is your sunshine and rain. Exactly. For your little plant life inside. Okay. I mean, you see how pale I am. I don't have any actual sunshine. (laughs) I'm very bald. The sun is not my friend. But, you know, people clapping and smiling. That's my son. Yeah. I saw a cat in the background (laughs) back there and I heard a dog uh, a little earlier. What do your pets think about you singing in the bubble bath? (laughs) The pets know that that you're happy when you're singing, mm. and they come around. There, no, none of them have made any horrible noises, and realize that. I mean, I have a very large audience at home. If you look at it that way, I, li- I live with ten cats and two dogs. Wow, are you fostering them? Or are you? Those are all all your fur babies. They're all failed fosters. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my money goes, Nicole. It goes to singing in bars and feeding animals. <laughs> those are all good causes, though. <laughs> And what would you tell people who are interested in karaoke, scared to death to get on stage to do it, or just um, they want to sing, they, they, you know, they've got a song inside, but they're just scared as hell. What would you tell them to encourage them? I am very much a just do it person. And the one thing I do always tell people, if somebody really does seem nervous, I'm like, listen, statistically speaking, you're not going to be the best person singing in the bar tonight. You're also definitely not going to be the worst. Stick around for for a half hour. You will see somebody who will give you the confidence to say, oh, no, I'm not going to be that bad. I I can do this. Okay, okay. And another thing to remember is that that singing is actually good for you. Um, If you're comfortable doing it, it can lower your stress response, improve lung function, helps you develop a sense of belonging and connection, can help with grief, mental health. Supposedly, it even... uh, may improve snoring, although anyone who has uh, slept next to me can verify that has not actually happened in my case. Um, But for some people, apparently it does. (laughs) I know that singing can help people who have um, speech impediments or who need speech therapy. Sometimes it's better. They find that they can communicate better if they can sing their sentences instead of um, trying to like work past that. Right. Especially people with a stutter. I don't know why I'm not a I'm not a scientist or a speech pathologist. I'm just a guy who really likes singing in bars. I love that. I'll take any kind of stress relief. Okay, can you can you do one line of Angel with a shaggy impression? You're a queen and it's how you should be treated. Boy, you never get the love that you needed. Got a laugh, but I called and you hated. Bugged and I pleaded. Mission completed. 
You look like you weren't expecting that. (laughs) (laughs) I made Nicole laugh. I did my job today. I was not expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So where can we find uh, your podcast? What's the name of it again? And where can we find it? Our podcast is called The Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. Poorly's in parentheses. It's available on all podcast platforms that I know of. Episodes get released every other Friday. I mean, we try to have a guest on every episode to talk and bring some other voices in and uh, get some other people's perspectives on karaoke topics. But yeah, every two weeks, Greatest Song Ever Sung Poorly. If anybody uh, wants to be on it, you know, shoot us an email at sungpoorly at gmail.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Nicole. It was fun. (laughs) This was great. And now it's time for our indulgence, something you can enjoy with no guilt or shame. In the previous episode with my friend Cynthia, she suggested not wearing underwear. Today, I'm going to offer a different side of the unmentionables prism. Sexy lingerie that's all for you. You don't need an audience. You don't need a booty call. You don't need a dungeon appointment. um, No partner. No friend with benefits. Get you something sexy, whatever that might mean for you, and wear it just for you. You've had a long, hard day dealing with customers. Your back-to-back Zoom meetings are making your eyes cross. Take off your uniform, your scrubs, your lounge clothes, and slide into some crotchless panties, some fishnet poom-poom shorts, a sheer caftan, one of those old-school cotton nightgowns with the ruffles that actually make your titties look amazing. (laughs) And I think that's why our grandmamas always had a man or whatever they were into. It's so ridiculous, but it's true. I know that it's true. (laughs) Now, maybe you still have stuff to do around the house, so you can't necessarily take a full pause or maybe you have to go pick up your kids or whatever. So go to the grocery store with a corset under your sweatshirt. Your roommate got company that's annoying you, but you still need to cook yourself something or maybe you got to wash dishes. Put on a G-string under your joggers. It's not about having anyone but you know what's going on under your clothes, or even if you live alone. It's something really nice about sitting in a teddy, eating Chinese food as you watch New Girl for the fourth time. So I've heard. Ah, I love Nick Miller. (laughs) I like an online store called Love Vera, which carries inclusive sizing up to 4X. They have some really cute stuff, and they also offer new tones for a range of brown skins, which is incredible. The site Sock Dreams has really cute leg and footwear with inclusive sizing as well. And they carry things like thigh bands for those of us who chafe from our juicy ear warmers rubbing together. And if you want a place to discover lingerie or you're not sure what you're into, The Lingerie Addict is a blog that offers advice and reviews about everything from binders to robes and more. Sexy underwear that's just for you is a nice little secret joy. This has been your indulgence. You have been absolved. This is Good For You is hosted by me, Nicole Perkins, and produced by Multitude. Our lead producer is Eric Silver. Our editor is Brandon Grugel, 
And our executive producers are Amanda McLaughlin and me. Our theme was created by Don Will, and our art is by Jessica E. Boyd. You can follow the show at This Is Good Pod, and you can follow me at Tennessee Whiskey Woman. That's T-N, whiskey with an E, woman. And a huge, huge thank you to everyone who supports the show on Patreon, especially to our supporting producer-level patrons, Chelsea, Conchetta, Courtney, and Elizabeth. To get exclusive rewards like stickers, monthly playlists curated by me, and even custom drabbles written just for you, join us for as little as $5 a month at patreon.com slash thisisgoodpod. This was good for me. Was it good for you?